Hi, you're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, joined today by Suhas Reader and Brittany Brown. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. So we're nearing the end of the calendar year. And while we do kind of use those arbitrary milestones for a lot of things, I think that when you look at the larger calendar of supply chain, like things are constantly in motion. But there's one thing that's kind of key to keeping anything moving. It's actually having deals lined up with the carriers and other people and your supply chain to provide the services and the goods that you need in order to do the business that you're in. And today, I think we have a good group on to talk a little bit about one of the foundational elements of that, and that's contracting season. Dun, dun, dun. So why don't we introduce that a little bit and Suhas, bring some of your perspective and then we'll go to Brittany who brings also a unique perspective having been within the shipping industry before joining his. Yeah, so contracting season, it's one of those things that I've heard a lot about. I attended the TPM conference two years ago and that was a you know a hot topic and it was one of those ones that you can kind of tell every year seems to be a hot topic among both shippers and carriers. Brittany... We've often talked about contracting season in the past, and I'm going to start with a really basic question, which is, what is contracting season, and why is it such a nightmare for everybody? Sure. So I feel like contracting season is this like industrial phenomena, and anybody in the industry knows about contracting season and typically dreads it. So you you mentioned TPM. TPM happens around February, and that is right around the time that beneficial cargo owners, BCOs, retailers, manufacturers, you know, corporate enterprises, they are looking at their transportation contracts and they're starting to analyze them and decide what they're going to put in place for the year. So they, they try to have these all short up around the end of April, May, June even, and it will determine their contracts with their ocean carriers and all of those transportation moves that will affect them for an entire year after that. Wow. So it's kind of interesting that there's one sort of like consolidated period of time where all of this happens because obviously, you know, global trade is happening year round, right? Is there a reason that, you know, all of this is, is taking place within those few spring months? So a lot of it has to do with what we call in the industry peak season. And peak season is about right now where retailers, manufacturers are trying to get all of their products in right in time for the holiday season, right? They don't want to hold too much inventory, but they do want to have the right products there for their customers to buy in mass and bulk and get great deals. So if you think about it, that time of the year, May-ish, that gives you about four months to get your products here. So you want to increase your margins and do so in the quickest period of time. And this is where contracting season comes in. We're looking so far in advance of like that peak season, right? But what is it about having all of this stuff lined up ahead and making sure that you're you're getting the right contracts with the right people that is so critical to being successful as a business when you do hit crunch time? So all of this always comes back to the financial implications, right? But if you want to have the right products there, then the time in which it takes the products to get there on an ocean vessel, as an example, that matters. That's something that you can negotiate in these contracts. But then also the cost of getting that product there, that also very much matters. So if you can get that rate down, that's going to increase your margins. So this has huge financial implications if you think about how many containers some of these big retailers are shipping any big retailer, a Target or a Walmart, 
they're going to be shipping hundreds of thousands of containers. And when you're planning ahead this far, even the smallest changes in something like an accessorial, whether it's bunker, a THC, a documentation accessorial, um, a small change of $10, $50, that could have huge financial implications when you look at that over, you know, over 100,000 containers. That's huge and that matters for their margins. That makes sense. So it sounds like it's a huge negotiation that takes place every year. Even if it might seem like small adjustments, it's a major negotiation. Before you even get to the negotiation, though, where it really becomes more convoluted is in how complex it is. So any given shipper, beneficial cargo owner, has multiple commodities that they're shipping, 10, 20, 30, over 100. And that's just one commodity. Those commodities have to be priced out per lane, right? So Hong Kong to Long Beach, that's one lane. And these shippers are likely to have over a hundred, over a thousand lanes in just one contract with just one ocean carrier. That's very complex and that's a lot of analyzing to do. So can you walk me through as we approach contracting season, let's say you are a, a shipper, a BCO, what do you start doing? What, like as, as the gears start turning and getting ready for contracting season, what's the first thing that starts to happen? Probably the first thing you, you look at is what happened last year? What did you do last year? What did you ship last year? Where was it coming from? What products? Where did it go? How much did it cost? And then you're going to look at what's changed year over year. Am I shipping more of a particular product? Has there been a change in demand? Or have I added a new warehouse? Have I added a new plant or facility? All of that is going to go back into your negotiation at the beginning of the year. And then you're also going to say, what carriers did I use this year? Did they do what they promised? Did they ship in time like they said? And all of that is going to go right back into a negotiation. Hey, you said you'd give me a certain transit time and I didn't get that. I want $50 off my rate, right? If you're a good negotiator, that's what you're doing. So let's quantify this a little bit because that sounds like that sounds incredibly complicated as it is. So two-part question. One, how many parties are involved in this process when you think about, you know, a typical number of carriers or partners that uh, BCO is working with? And two, how are they keeping track of all this information? So how many parties are there? I know you hate this answer, but it's dependent on the, the retailer or the manufacturer or the customer. So they might have a lot uh, or just a few strategic carriers, right? They, they have a good relationship. They've been using them for a long time. They trust them. Just a couple, right? Or maybe you have a product that is low in margin and you just need the lowest rate. So you have a lot of different carriers and you kind of can play them against each other or be more specific in regards to the rate, the accessorials or the transit time. And the second part of the question? The second part was just uh, all this information that you track through the year, your performance, their performance, whether they're committing and or following through on their commitments. How do you keep track of all that information? So this is exactly what I did. I was at an ocean carrier and keeping track of all of that information for my specific customers, which were West Coast retailers typically. That was my job, but it wasn't just my job. There were I had a team of others that also did the same thing. So historically, you throw bodies at it. And it's very manual. It's not necessarily a value add type of activity. But that's the direction that we're starting to move into and we're seeing in the industry is this is very manual and there's a lot of data normalization we're doing. How do we remove that and allow these really smart people 
to start looking at all of this information, analyze it, and and really do value-add activities and help you negotiate better. That's the direction we're moving. But the first step in being able to do that is understanding your data, having it in one place, normalizing it, and having it accessible to become information, which is not always easy. Does having all of that data, once you compile it and get it into one place, allow you to make smaller adjustments to these contracts over time? Like instead of waiting, I mean, one of the things that I I think we're starting to see across all industries is that as data becomes ubiquitous, we don't have to be so seasonal anymore. Retailers have certainly noticed that. But would the same thing be true of, of these kinds of ocean contracts where instead of having to bunch up all of these rates and everything at one point in the year, if there's continuous data throughout the year, could they continuously adjust those contracts? Yeah. So that's a good point. Just as we've seen with data in other industries or even from like a B2C perspective, it's changing how we do business. So instead of looking at all of this information at one time of the year, we are seeing companies start to be more creative in regards to the time and not be constrained by it. But this also goes on the flip side. So ocean carriers or carriers in general are are able to say, hey, bunker from one point of the year to another point of the year can be very different or it can have very volatile ranges. So they're able to do the same and say, we need to amend these contracts because the rate for fuel at the beginning of the year is not the rate for fuel at the end of the year. And we have margins that we need to consider as well. Right. And that's interesting too, because it seems like ocean carriers these days are facing a lot of economic pressure. You see all the consolidations happening, you see bankruptcies happening. So it seems like in a way, even though these two sides are pitted against each other and trying to negotiate the rates, having better data is actually helping both sides kind of, you know, bring everything that they can to the table. Yeah. So it's such a good point. And I come from the ocean carrier side, so maybe I'm a little more empathetic there, but they are having a hard time making money and being able to forecast any sort of profitable year. So it is obviously better and more mutually beneficial if there are, you know, ideal rates that work for all parties. You know, we have seen bankruptcies and just one ocean carrier's bankruptcy affects the economy as a whole in a, in a big way. And, you know, from where we come from, when we see that there are a bankruptcies we're getting calls. People are asking about how do we mitigate this type of risk as a shipper, as a retailer. This has huge effects, millions of dollars of effects. So that is the direction that it, it, I think it's it's trying to go. How do we find mutually beneficial rates where ocean carriers can maintain their business, but retailers can also continue to be on track with customer and consumer demand? So given that, if you had to give a piece of advice for people approaching contracting season, maybe a piece of advice for BCOs and a piece of advice for ocean carriers, what would it be? Understand your last year. Definitely. Make sure that you've done that analysis. But before you can even do that, you need to have a pretty good plan for your data. And I'm not saying have a very big strategic digital roadmap, that's obviously ideal. But if you can't do that, understand your data, have it somewhere, analyze it, have that be part of your contracting season and start early, right? We see that our customers are starting to analyze their data 
the actuals that they shipped about this time of year. So they can go into contracting season very knowledgeable and with a lot of leverage. Great. And so as you're working through this and improving your processes, I mean, does it call for a greater automation of these processes? Are there ways that you can just address it through technology? It sounds like it's that's part of the equation too, is the inefficiency that's generated just by doing things the old way. Yeah. So this probably sounds repetitive, but you need technology. You, you just do. It should be part of your plan. Not only does it help you in contracting season, but it helps you in analyzing your shipments of a year and then going back into contracting season and negotiating better rates. So it's an investment, but I do think there's a return for customers who are looking to do it strategically. All right. Well, any final thoughts as we kind of close this one? I mean, I say, it seems to me that this is a topic that, one, you could really look at from a lot of angles, and two, once the work is done, you just start doing it all over again, and you got to plan for that next year down the road. But what else would you like to leave with our listeners as we talk about this upcoming and very crucial part of the supply chain? So like I said at the beginning, it's this industrial sort of, uh, from an industry perspective, it's this weird phenomena that I think we all look at with a little bit of disdain, but we also enjoy it. You order pizza, you work late, you work in Excel too much. Look at ways to use technology for your advantage. It is not only going to save you time, but it will save you pain, headaches, and some money. All right. Well, good advice. We do all like a good pizza party, but we do want to <laughs> save on the pain and headaches. Exactly. All right. Suhas, any final thoughts? No, I think that, again, wishing everybody best of luck. It sounds like it's an intense period of time, but I think people have better tools to get through it than they ever have. Take a look at technology and then TPM is, of the conferences, they always have really great seminars and sessions on how to look at contracting season and how to use technology to your benefit. So I guess I'll see you at TPM. All righty. We'll look forward to it. And for Brittany and Zuhas, my name is Matt. Thank you for listening to Supply Chain Radio. Find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast network. <laughs>